Greetings and welcome to the Writings of Soren Kichard. Uh, today is January 2nd, 2024. I like the sound of 2024. It sounds really clean, even number. Uh, today, I'm a day early, of course. I'm heading down to uh, Florida. Uh, this coming Saturday is my mom's 85th birthday, so uh, I'm turning it into a little fun in the sun. Uh, like Florida in the winter, of course. It's nice. Uh, it's not been too cold up here in Pennsylvania. It's just been rainy, rainy and gloomy. Uh, let me take a sip of coffee here. But Florida's pretty special in the winter. That's why people go down there. We're called snowbirds, if you don't know that. If you're not from the States, we're called snowbirds. If we head down to uh, warmer climates during the winter, Let's come back up here during the uh, summer. I like the winter, though. I like it with uh, some snow, however. If we can get some snow, that would be nice. Uh, anyway, we're going to try to continue uh, to plow on through here today. Uh, reading to pres preserve one's soul in patience. Uh, doing it a day early because I fly out today uh, to Florida. I didn't want to do it down in uh, in, uh, in Florida. I have to drag all my stuff down there, which I could do. It's not a big deal, but it makes, uh, makes, uh, makes it easier for me to do it here today. So hopefully that doesn't throw off you... Uh, you organize people and throwing off the uh, throwing things out of sync um, by doing it a day early, and then next week I'll do it a day late because I fly in uh, on Wednesday. I'm back using my iPhone uh, earbuds and microphone. I think it does a little bit better job of the podcast uh, as it doesn't pick up all the background noise as well. It's not as sensitive, uh, so I go back and forth a little bit, um, but hopefully this is turning out okay. And we're just going to start uh, start on here, and then I'll finish up with some personal stuff. And I talked about last week about there's um, the youth will uh, like to punt the uh, the issues of the soul down the road, and they say as long as I have time, as long as I am, there's always time. Uh, that's a better way of saying it. Uh, so youth tends to think that we always have time, and older people do that too. I remember a writer saying something along the lines: When we're old, we think we have five more good years. And at some point that runs out, but we don't know. Uh, we don't know what the day looks like. We don't know if we're going to be here tomorrow. Any of us, uh, for one reason or another, accidents and illnesses and things like that. So it's always good to do a, a reckoning every day, like Soren's talking about, to keep our consciences clear. And when we sin, as to confess it and to get it out of us. And we have to trust God is at work. Um, with uh, patience, to preserve one's soul in patience, it's, it's uh, connected to faith, uh, faith that God is at work. And it doesn't mean that our life is going to be pretty. It doesn't mean it's going to fit into a Hallmark card in terms of uh, our Hallmark movie that everything ends happily here in this world. Uh, there's plenty of stories in the Bible of people that um, suffered. They were saints. They suffered. And they still uh, did the will of God, and uh, their reward is on the other side. It's not here. As long as I am, there is always time. Neither does the patient uh, task of deliberation seem necessary in life, since one can very well live and associate with others and represent oneself to others, just as one is without rightly understanding oneself. Uh, so we already talked about this last week. Just a little review. We believe that God is at work uh, with faith and even the, in the adversity and the hard things, uh, we trust that God is, is using it for our good. It doesn't mean it's fair. It doesn't mean that what happened to us is always deserved. Uh, innocent parties get punished all the time. I tried to really um, 
prepare for this podcast today by um, blowing my nose a lot so I would have less to deal with here. But it's just a function of waking up. I thought about doing the podcast maybe later in the evening or something with uh, maybe a brew by my side. But I like it in the morning. I'm a morning person. Uh, so I apologize for that. I know last week was a little bit excessive. I don't take that for granted that that wouldn't bother people. I know it could. Uh, but I consider you all more my friends than followers. Uh, to use that language, and uh, if we're hanging out with a friend that happens to have an issue with their sinuses or something, hopefully that wouldn't keep us from the friendship. We just work through it, as long as it's not egregious. But uh, I recognize that it it could be irritating to some. I'm not I'm not unawares. But if we have faith that God is at work for our good and for the good of others uh, in terms of the eternal consequences. It'll keep that root of bitterness from uh, setting up in our souls. And this is something actually in the last week that I've had to think about some because of various uh, situations. Um, bitterness creates mistrust in others and mistrust in the world. And I think we're supposed to be wary of the world. I don't think we're supposed to be naive or gullible. Uh, Jesus uses that term, innocent as doves and as wise as serpents. So I think there's a balance there. But I think we're also to expect and hope the best with others. And in situations that are chaotic or confusing, it's, 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 uh, it's, very, it's very easy to process that in a negative way. And I'm not going to get into the details here because if I got into it too much, it would, um, it would just subsume the podcast. But to, needless to say, <clears throat> through a couple of situations, I've seen that mistrust in me is not a good thing. And um, it could have been worse with what happened. I'm not even saying it was sin necessarily in terms of the event. It was kind of how I reacted to it that's had me reflect on bitterness and mistrust that I have about situations that have occurred to me in life. And not just recently, but in my entire life, that there is a, a gnawing element in me that regrets things in a way that uh, I feel I was treated unfairly and never really got um, resolution on those issues. I had to trust God that God would deal with it. But at times it creeps back. And so uh, if we have faith that God is doing this for our good, again, it doesn't mean it was fair, uh, but if we put it in his hands, and it doesn't mean we can't respond. It's just it's so tricky. We've talked about these issues before when we respond it can turn into retribution and revenge, and now it's not the issue that's the issue, it's the issue of how I responded. Uh, so this idea of patience, just having that soul contentment, that God is at work, and he is going to use it for our good. Uh, and then it would keep short, short accounts, uh, that if we, uh, if we are in a situation where um, we feel like it's open-ended and we didn't really resolve it, uh, and we decided to walk away because we wanted to be better than the situation, then uh, we can't let that root of bitterness come in us. If we make that decision, if we make that decision to handle a certain way, we can't let bitterness seep back in and have that regret that we could have handled it differently. Do what we can and then uh, move on. Leave it to the Lord. Leave it to the Lord. That's I'm preaching to myself here. Every day has its troubles, but also its pleasures. Uh, it is uh, its goal, but also its reward. Uh, so why then deliberation, which does not make one richer, more powerful, one accomplishes nothing by it, achieves nothing, one does not amount to anything, but by it simply and full, solely finds out what one is, which is indeed a very poor and meager observation. For example, in the external sense, a person can even engage, as we say, 
In big business, he gives every man his due, designs new plans every day. His enterprise expands more and more, but he never has time to square uh, the accounts. So this person's so busy, uh, they never take a time to take account accounting for things, the squares accounts with his soul. Again, this is review from last week, but we're going to build on it, which of course uh, would be uh, would be needless delay. So this person's not going to do that because it takes them away from their business. Then perhaps uh, life submitted to him an unexpected claim that he could not pay, and he discovered to his horror that he possessed nothing. Spiritually, uh, deliberation is a difficult and rather unrewarding labor. Again, it's not good to be honest with ourselves. It is good, but it isn't good one way. Uh, it, is, it doesn't feel good. Let's uh, use that feel word. That's the better way of saying it. It's, it's the only way to say it. It is good to do it. Uh, there's plenty of things that don't feel good that are good for us. Um, spiritually, uh, deliberation is a difficult and rather unrewarding labor. One dares leave nothing out in the fog, leave no little secret lying there in concealment. So we're very open about it. If we're open with God, we'll be uh, relatively open with others. I don't believe in telling our entire story to people. Uh, just, number one, for propriety's sake, and it makes people feel awkward. There's a time and a place to do that, perhaps. Uh, but uh, to withhold some things from others uh, on a need-to-know basis. Uh, but we're also to be transparent, which is to have, not have that word guile in us. Uh, Perhaps one discovers that the tower cannot be as high as desired. Perhaps this is all from Luke. Uh, it's Jesus' story about being prepared for the task ahead. Perhaps one never seriously made a beginning on it and therefore did not really find out that one was incapable of doing it. So the, we're engaged in this soul deliberation. But then one nevertheless had kept uh, this dream in one's soul, this seductive fantasy, which uh, one could at times entertain oneself. Why destroy it, since it neither injures nor benefits? One discovers a little defect in one's work. Well, the building could last for all that just as well as all the others, because after all, one does not build for an eternity. So why make it difficult? Why make difficulties for oneself? So this issue of the soul being something that can't afford to have a defect in it. Uh, we're building for eternity. And eternity reveals all. The truth typically will come out over time, but not always. But it will certainly most come out, most certainly come out in eternity. And this is why Soren's so big on the solitary individual. Because he is clear, and the scriptures are clear, that even though we operate and we live in communities like families and schools and businesses and churches... <clears throat> <clears throat> and things of that nature, we're still going to be judged individually. And uh, first of all, uh, upon the mercy seat, if we are in Christ. Uh, but it doesn't mean that we get get away scot-free. Every word that we say is going to be held in, a, in an accounting. Uh, so we have to be very careful when we build that building for eternity. That there's no defects in it. No false confession. Uh, after all, does not build for eternity, so why make difficulties for oneself? Suppose one discovered no irregular, irregularity at all, then why all this deliberation? No human being is entirely lacking in deliberation. Every age has its right, its rights. There sits youth, pensive in the evening hours, and by its side there sits a captivating figure. One hardly dares call this impatience, since it is only full of longing and it talks about its wishes it's it all it talks about is wishes <laughs> 
and no one knows better how to speak for oneself or how to speak suitably to youth. So one wishes, and is, it is indeed blissful, for that the wish is fulfilled, but it is delicious and beautiful just to hear someone speak, um, to speak who is speaking about the wish. The individual who wishes cannot understand another, even less uh, be of any benefit to him, because there is no limit to the wish. He to, to whom much was given wishes for more. And that's true. Uh, we're not satisfied. If we have idols that are set on this world, uh, no amount of them is, are, are going to make us satisfied. They may satiate us for a while. There's only, only so many cars a person can own or so many houses or sexual partners or food. Uh, but there's no satisfaction in it. There's only this temporary satiety. He to whom much was given uh, wishes for more, and he to whom little was given wishes for a little more, and that's also the case, which is understandable at least. The one is astonished at the other's moderation or at his greediness without a legitimizing of the complaint. However, since they are both wishing, however, since they are both wishing, but who d dares to speak against it? Who dares to interrupt? Who has the heart to disturb this whispering in the gloaming? And the word gloaming means twilight and dusk. <laughs> so it's like things are dark. Yeah. Kind of see, kind of can't see. So ingratiatingly is impatience that it captivates even someone not involved. Yet patience dares to do it since the profundity of it is that it discovers the danger and the soundness of patience is that it does not make a great noise but earnestly and quietly helps a person since it is the only it is the only one who that truly wishes a person well youth does not perceive this immediately as long as his ears uh, only f let me see if i can do this only if as it has ears only for impatience, which very obliquely ingratiates the wish. This is futile. <clears throat> but when the youth becomes a bit troubled, uh, then patience stands by. And that's a good thing. Sometimes some trouble with kids, youth, is good because it causes them to consider. They say that adversity causes people to consider. Um, when we have prosperity, we just tend to go along for the ride, and we're uh, enjoying it. It's like being at the amusement park. But adversity stops us in our tracks, and it causes us to uh, consider. So some, some trouble is a good thing sometimes, and it comes to everybody. This is futile, but when, the youth, when youth becomes a bit troubled, then patience stands by. Even if its words are not the speech of flattery, what uh, it says is still indescribably comforting. No man can add a foot to his growth, even if he were concerned about it. No man can take what has not been given to him. So that's how the scriptures, Matthew 6.27, and Jesus is saying no amount of worrying is going to accomplish what we want. Some fear is okay. Uh, some preparation uh, based on fear is not a bad thing. Uh, some fear is very helpful, but too much fear is paralyzing, and too much worry doesn't accomplish anything besides making us more worried and all the subsequent effects from that. So that's Matthew 6.27. 
pardon me, and this is not persuasive for all time and against all doubt, but uh, can these words not remain with one in joy and sorrow? Are they not strong enough to preserve a person's soul? Uh, so part of being patience is not worrying. Worrying is, has a thousand children. You can worry about everything. And we talked about last week how my dad's a ruminator, and he tends to uh, see uh, a series of things that could happen, and his mind kind of gets consumed by it. And, and that's a healthy trait to a degree. Some, some working out of consequences is helpful for preparation purposes, um, but it's also a ghost. It may not happen. So we have to be really careful about investing too much energy and these things, these creations of the mind that may or may not occur. Uh, so we have to have wisdom there and, and pray. Uh, when I was with my dad helping him <laughs> um, get his car towed, he yeah, took it to the junkyard. My dad's not driving anymore. He's of the age that he should be driving uh, without getting into the medical condition causing it. Hopefully I haven't talked about that before. But it was an all-day affair and involved a lot of different things. But it's, it was really interesting. My dad was uh, continuously asking me to uh, double-check and triple-check things. And there's some times where that's not a bad idea, but other times it's just a waste. And, uh, you know, could you go up and talk to the tow truck driver about the address to make sure it's the correct location? Can we follow the tow truck driver versus just drive it independently to the location where we're gonna, the car is going to be dropped off? It's that kind of stuff. Just an over-investment in all the probabilities and I, I tend, hopefully, because of my training, not necessarily because of my personality, because I'm a lot, a lot like my, uh, my dad in this way, but my training as a school counselor taught me to be more, I'm not going to say perfectly, but more concise and more problem-solving oriented, which means don't reapproach things. Solve them and get them off your table. Don't, don't keep things lingering. If you can complete something, complete it and get it done and get it off your table, get it off the desk. Uh, send that email complete that application, uh, make that phone call, uh, have your priorities and do things <clears throat> priority-wise as much as you can uh, to get that thing in order to do, do the most important things first. And sometimes we can't finish things. That's okay. Uh, but get, get do what you can when you can do it because you can't presume upon tomorrow. Part of pa being patient is also realizing uh, <clears throat> that I don't want to be impatient. And part of being impatient is not planning correctly or not being flexible or trying to uh, impose uh, a structure on something that's not just too big to have too much of that. So we just have to uh, have to walk in the spirit. I guess that's the best way of saying it. Have that wisdom that God gives. Uh, so we'll just kind of go back here, but no man can add a foot to his uh, growth, even if he were concerned about it. No man can take what he has not been given, what has not been given to him. That's Matthew uh, 6, 27 is not, uh, th is this not persuasive for all time against all doubt? Can these words not remain with one in joy and sorrow? Are they not strong enough to preserve a person's soul? And even though the saying seems to want to weed out the luxuriance of the wishes, is it in order to kill the soul? It is in order to kill the soul. Or is it not rather to preserve it so that through patience it might and it may become what is what it is and serve it so that through patience it may become what it is and be confident of becoming what it is? Does patience jeeringly tell a person that no one can add a foot to his growth as if it wanted to make him feel how small he is and how powerless um, 
Not at all. Uh, far be it from patience, which uh, even knows how to make the reproach very gentle. Even if uh, he were concerned about it, it says, by which it also says as mildly as possible, that he really should not be concerned about it. Patience discovers the danger, and the danger would be uh, right there if a person was able to obtain something by wishing uh, in this way, because then it would be impossible to save him, and the danger is precisely that it is supposed to be better to become great in this way, because then life <clears throat> would be without meaning, <clears throat> without truth. Does patience perhaps say with a cold calculation of the understanding that wishing is useless and therefore one must stop wishing? Not at all. It does not speak about it, about the fulfillment and the non-fulfillment of the wish. For it says, even if the wish, um, even if the wish were fulfilled, it would be uh, to a person's loss. He would uh, would lose the best, the holiest, to be what God has intended him to be, neither more uh, nor less. Therefore, let us not disturb with thoughts of how mockery or sagacity uh, or discouragement would warn against the wish. But let us uh, be built up by the warning from patience, which thinks, truly thinks of everything for the best. It sees the danger in the, in the way impatience infatuates the young person. It sees uh, that impatience could take on a new form and sit grieving with the young person and wish uh, that it had been possible, if only it had been possible. This is why patience speaks uh, earnestly, breaks off all connections with the wish, but then it is also, and then it also strengthens strengthens the heart uh, with the strong uh, nourishment of the truth. <clears throat> so let me um, take a sip of coffee here. I'm really doing. I'm really fighting against uh, breathing uh, too heavily through my nose, or also blowing my nose. I'm just trying to withstand it here. <laughs> Do you understand the suffering that I'm going through? I listened to my podcast last week, and I'm like, yeah, the. Uh, it was too, it was excessive last week, but then it also strengthens strengthens the heart with the strong nourishment of truth, and that's First uh, Corinthians three two. I looked that one up. Um, so the truth is uh, very strengthening. It's it's a nourishment for our soul, and also strengthens strengthens the heart, which is like our emotions. It also strengthens the heart with the strong nourishment of truth. Uh, again, we talked about Soren not necessarily liking the term being being called a Christian. He would call himself a truth teller, um, but the, it's because the word Christian had been laden with so much of the just the cultural Christianity of Denmark that everybody called themselves a Christian. So it wasn't it wasn't really much of a uh, much of a differentiator to be called a Christian. But if you're one that speaks the truth, then uh, then uh, that that kind of goes with uh, being a Christian, a true Christian. Also strengthens the heart with the strong nourishment of truth, so that to be even the most insignificant and inferior of human beings, and to be true to oneself is much more than to become the greatest and most powerful by means of the shabby partiality of the wish. Or do we not scorn the person who sneaks his way ahead by unworthy means, by power and might? This is by being impatient. Uh, the person who gathers gold and goods by gambling. If so, should we not also scorn a person if he 
became what he is by means of a wish. Youth is certainly commended for manifesting its boldness by its bold wishing, but this is this is this this in truth would be the only wish worthy of praise if the youth's soul had the depth to wish that no wish might disturb his struggle in life with his humbling a blind uh, <laughs> I can't say this word O B L a blindness. I know what the word is, and I've heard it pronounced before, but I can't pronounce it right now. I'm just going to give up. O-B-L-I-L-I-G-I-N-G-N-E-S-S. Oh, I am a mess. You know what I'm trying to say there. I would try to say it again, but I'm just going to maul it again, so I won't do it. Uh, I just won't do it. I give up. Sometimes we have to cut our losses. Yet no human being is entirely lacking in resolution. Youth also has its rights as its side in the morning hours. At its side in the morning hours, there stands a triumphant figure. It looks so confident. Its expectancy so high it wants to be on the move, on the move to come and to see and to conquer. The young person standing beside this figure becomes full of confidence himself and no boon uh, no boon companion as is pleasing to him. No one fills him with such zealous pur- purpose, zeal, with su- such zeal as purpose. Who would say a word against it? Who would dare? Yet uh, purpose is indeed to be praised, the soul's first thought, the will's first love. Mm, so that's purpose. That's a good little sentence there. Who would dare to call it impatience? Uh, so patience and, uh, and, and purpose. And that makes sense. The youth has purpose, but it's based on impatience, I suppose. Even one who is not involved is carried away by it. Yet patience dares just that. Indeed, as long as youth confidently turns up its nose and arrogantly touches the heaven with its proud head, it will not listen to anything. It's just that young person on the move. Um, it doesn't listen. will not consider, right? Um, yet patience dares just that indeed as long as youth confidently turns up its nose and arrogantly touches the heaven with its proud head it will not listen to anything but when it becomes earnest enough in deliberation to want to treat itself away from the impatience that is is promising so much and even even now is changing its form when care makes the young person's knees tremble and his arm weak, who then is the loving figure in whom he finds rest? It is patience. Patience has discovered the danger and the terror, but also uh, comfort. Today we shall uh, do this, tomorrow that, God willing. And that's out of James. That we're not to presume upon tomorrow. And it is. it can become a little bit of a hocus pocus, I suppose, or... I don't know, it's a little OCD, I suppose, when we say God willing. But I try to keep that in mind when I say, when I tell people, hey, I'll see you when I get back. Like I'm going to be in Florida from uh, um, uh, January 2nd, which is today, until January 10th. And I'll you know, tell people, well, I'll see you when I get back. But I don't know that. I could uh, get in a car accident and be killed down in Florida. So I always try to say it in one way or another, not, not to be... Um, 
ritualistic or hocus pocus or anything like that. Uh, but I try to be mindful that I, I don't know what tomorrow is. I don't know. I don't even know what today is uh, entirely. Today we shall do this, uh, tomorrow that, God willing. And it's always good to say God willing, uh, our time in this world, God willing. Are these words not indescribably comforting? Do they not take all the premature hardships away from the, pur- from the purpose? Uh, so this idea that if, as long as we ad- admit that we don't control tomorrow entirely, or at all, uh, that there's these macro issues and we're just a micro person, it actually is very freeing. And it gives us confidence just to trust in God. And again, it doesn't mean it's always going to go our way and that we're not going to have hardship and adversity and trials and sicknesses and accidents and relational difficulties. That, that's not promised in the Bible. The Bible tells us the truth about this life, that it's checkered with pain and sorrow and ultimately death. But it promises something beyond the grave. Yet the per- and yet the purpose is not there by destroy. Does it not become truly glorious only in this way? Uh, for God in heaven swears by himself. And that's uh, from the Bible that God can only swear by himself because there's nothing and no one greater than him. As scripture says, because he has nothing higher by which to swear. Uh, but human pur- purpose swears by God. And if it swears by itself, it swears by something in fear. Patience discovered the danger But the danger was not that the purpose would fall short, but that the purpose merely as such would supposedly have the power to be victorious and that everything would be decided by the bold purpose of of youth. And I I think um, I want to go on a little bit of a digression here is that when we tell kids they could be anything they want to be, I think essentially that's a good message because there's too many adults and too many authority figures in life, uh, not just today, but also more particularly in the past, that quashed uh, young people's dreams and aspirations and said, you can't do that. You can't be a a rock star, a musician, or an actor. And it's usually those high-profile careers. And there's stories and stories and stories of people that buck the odds and by their talent and by their hard work overcame the odds and succeeded. Uh, But there's also a dark side when we tell people, when we tell kids, youth, uh, that they can do anything they want to do. That's that's not true. That's actually a lie. Um, The percentage of uh, high school athletes that wind up becoming professional athletes is is like 1 in 10,000. It just depends on the sport. so it's not a legitimate career choice for a large majority of, uh, of young people. And you want to say, hey, if this is your dream, go for it. Go for it. Put all that you have on the, on the table. Uh, but also think that you might not make it. That's okay. That's not, that's not uh, put dashing water on your dreams. Um, just know the odds. Uh, know, what, know what the battle is. Know what the battle is ahead of time. And as long as you're willing to engage the battle on its terms, then you can give it all that you have. Just realize that you might not make it. And that, that sounds like disbelief, and it could be interpreted that way. But I think Jesus says that we have to count the cost, and we have to, um, we have to take a full counting as best we can. And then we know what the battle's actually like. If you get in the middle of a battle and you didn't realize it was going to be hard and require all this time and all this energy and all these resources... Then you're going to be discouraged by the battle because you didn't know what the what the battle entailed, and sometimes you're not going to know entirely. You're not going to really know something until you try to do it. 
but at least know the know the stats, know what the um, what the odds are, and then what what it's going to require of you as best you can, and then go for it. <laughs> Uh, but there's a dark side when we tell kids and youth that they can do anything they want to do because it, it, it sounds like a chant. It sounds like a magic trick that by just believing that it's going to happen. Uh, and uh, I, it's, it's dishonesty and it's because we want to be affirming. Uh, but I think kids intuitively know that if they want to be a professional basketball player, it, it's probably useful to be at least somewhat tall. Uh, there's been some exceptions to the rule, like Muggsy Bogues, who was like 5'4". But in general, uh, if you're going to play professional basketball, either male or female, you're going to be taller than the average man or woman. That's just the way it goes. Uh, it's, a, it's a skill of uh, genetics that you're given the height, and it'll have a direct effect on your ability to play the game. Supposedly to have the power to be victorious and that everything would be decided by the bold purpose of youth, in that case, a person's essence would be perverted, and the most sacred power in him, the will, would become a wish. Even though a person won everything by such a purpose, he still would have uh, lost infinitely in comparison with the one who, in accordance with God's will and with his help, walked a little distance to the grave, attained uh, the seemingly lowly, lowly station given to him as his task, Patience does not keep company with despair's mockery, which smiles at purpose, smiles at purpose as it, at a childish prank. Does not keep the company, does not keep company with the miserableness of uh, the understanding that makes purpose petty, since the purpose that makes up its mind to act with the help of God is certainly not petty. Even if this task were, was lowly, to will to fulfill it with God makes uh, the purpose greater than anything that arose in the natural man's heart. Uh, so Soren's saying that we have to wed our purpose to God's will and God's purpose uh, as we can best discern it. It is not distrust of life that patience, it is not distrust of life that patience teaches, not it in distrust that it discovers that the purpose never attains its goal inasmuch as it always attains its goal because the goal is God. So if our goal is to be more like Christ and to be in the will of God, that is the best purpose to have. And that gives us patience that we understand that our soul is being formed uh, by this world in conformity to God's will. And God is using the trials and the tribulations and also the good things of this world to cultivate that soul richness. And in this sense, patience teaches trust in life and, and probably its purpose is poor in attire. Okay, so God can use things that don't look <laughs> uh, fancy and beautiful to, uh, to cultivate that. Uh, probably its purpose is poor <clears throat> in attire, but inwardly it is glorious, faithful, and unswerving at all times. So it was then that the young person went out into life. Fortunate the young person, fortunate the young person who did that. He went with the help of patience, not rich in wishes, not intoxicated with purpose, but in faith's covenant with the eternal, in hope's covenant with the future, in love's covenant with God and human beings. And patience blessed the covenant and promised not to forsake him, uh, even though he lost the wish 
and the youthful purpose, he would still have not lost his soul. If a person does not believingly aspire to the eternal, is not hopefully tranquil about the future, is not lovingly in peace and unity with God and human beings, then he has lost his soul. So anything that would affect that is that impatience of youth. Now, we have a, an idolatry in our country and perhaps world with being young. Everybody wants to be seen as younger than they are. So youth is like an idol. And um, so we can all be impatient in this way. But I think this is a wonderful uh, paragraph. Uh, but if faith's covenant with the eternal and hope's covenant with the future and love's covenant with God and human beings... And patience blessed the covenant and promised not to forsake him, even though he lost the wish and the youthful purpose. This is that goal that was not worth of, uh, the, of the individual at, a, at a, a worldly goal. He would still not lose his soul. If a person does not believingly aspire to the eternal, is not hopefully, tranqu hopefully tranqu tranquil about the future. I think that will be the name of today's podcast, Hopefully Tranquil about the future is <clears throat> not lovingly in peace and unity with God and human beings then he has lost his soul however lowly he is however small in stature however poor in talents whatever his soul is more specifically in itself and its difference from everybody else's his soul nevertheless is preserved in whatever he lost and whatever and whatever he was denied <laughs> So I'm going to stop at that today. I think that's a good paragraph probably to conclude by. Um, it's a good, man, it's some solid stuff there. It's just rich. Uh, hopefully tranquil about the future. So that's the goal, to be hopefully tranquil about the future. And also come to terms with the past. I talked about this root of bitterness a bit. <clears throat> and I've been searching kind of for the word, and it wasn't regret. I was trying to figure out what the word would be to diagnose some of that latent uh, bitterness in my soul and uh, bitterness indeed was the word I didn't know it was bitterness until I really thought about it so I just asked uh, God you know take take that away I made the decisions I did and people did what they did and it's not just uh, current stuff it's my entire life and uh, just remove that bitterness make me better uh, and I, when I used the word bitter, it felt like a key got unlocked on some things. And I, I want to be honest here, because I think one of the dangers when we have a podcast or we are in a position such as I am is try to present myself better than I am. <clears throat> I don't think that's healthy. I want to show uh, Christ and his goodness and his compassion and, and his, uh, his glory in my life. And sometimes that's by a contrast of what I'm struggling with and how good he is and what I'm still... What I'm still running towards, and I want to be realistic here. I don't want to just be somebody that with, withholds things and has that um, ring of inauthenticity. And when I go to ring the chime, some, <clears throat> something's off because you can tell the person's hiding something, <clears throat> or maybe not. And that's why I like to, like, if I, if I have a frog in my throat or if I have to blow my nose, I don't want it to be egregious. I don't want it to become excessive. But it's also me being real. Like I, I, I don't want to farm this out. I don't want to clean it up to the point that it comes across that things are so slick that you start to wonder. And I see a lot of uh, stuff done online, either like graphics or memes or videos about Soren, where they're very well done. Like uh, professionally, like the uh, level quality on the production is excellent. 
The thing that it suffers from is a lack of really knowing sword, not taking the time to read these books. It takes time to work through these line by line and page by page and book by book. And I could tell the people producing this slick production, to use that word over again, or the manufacturing, the media, that they don't really know Soren. They haven't spent time with his writings. And even though the, the media is slick and the graphics are cool and it's kind of snarky and it's kind of funny and it looks professional, ultimately it suffers because they haven't grounded themselves in the word. They haven't spent the time and the hard time it takes to learn what Soren is saying. And he's, he's easy to mischaracterize because of the synonymous works and his own kind of set satirical way of looking at things. Um, so I want, I want this podcast to be real, and if that involves some sniffing and some snorting, it's a good test that if somebody focuses on that, I would have to wonder if they're really paying attention. Again, I don't want to be egregious and over the top, uh, but I'd like to think that we're kind of like have a friendly relationship here. And I don't like the word followers. I don't... That feels weird to me. I know that language is used in, in the podcast world or in social media. <clears throat> but that feels weird. We're fellow travelers. You're not my follower. Uh, we follow Christ. We follow somebody worthy, worth, worthy of following. And if we're, if we're fellow travelers, the person who's traveling with us can point things out ahead that we may not see. They may be more mature than we are in a certain way, older uh, they may have a better lay of the land, a better understanding of what's ahead. Uh, but we're fellow travelers in that way. And the person that walks beside and with us is much more effective than the person that's five miles ahead of us. Um, so regardless, uh, I want this podcast to be real. And um, uh, take the time. Take, if you're going to do anything with Sorn, <laughs> if you're going to do anything with anything, is take the time to really know the person. Take the time to read the book and not somebody else's opinion of Soren Kierkegaard. And that's true about anything. If you really want to know a person, don't go by secondhand knowledge. Uh, take the time to listen to the person and let them tell their story. And then you could say you might know them in a way you wouldn't have known them otherwise. So I hope everybody said 2024 is off to a great start. I will check back with you next Thursday, Lord willing. <laughs> Again, this uh, podcast, I really, really fought against the desire uh, to blow my nose and to cough. So <laughs> you probably picked up on that a little bit. Uh, however, I really uh, wanted to be mindful of it as a way of compensating for last week. So uh, hopefully it wasn't too obvious. Uh, but God bless on 2024. Uh, God's best to you and yours. And uh, we'll uh, move, to, move forward together. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. World without end. Amen. <laughs>